Hi, I'm Arman. I'm the founder of Sleepy Owl Coffee. एक मिनट रुक जाओ रेडी होने दो चलो ये कर लेते हैं We have all heard the stories of a bunch of kids launching a startup while still in college. And while these stories make for good headlines, we rarely get to hear about the long journey to scale that happened behind the scenes that made them an overnight success. A great example of this is the story of Sleepy Owl. Arman Sood, the co-founder of Sleepy Owl, was constantly in search of a grand entrepreneurial idea while in college. And after a bunch of experiments during college, he finally ended up solving for the problem of good quality coffee at home. He saw the gap between a 300 rupees Starbucks coffee and a 5 rupees sachet coffee at home and started Sleepy Owl to make good quality coffee available at home to coffee lovers. Today Sleepy Owl is among the leading D2C coffee brands in India. But thanks to the pandemic tailwinds as more people are looking for good coffee at home and they just raised 6 and a half million dollars from some top-notch VCs. Here's Arman narrating his roller coaster journey to Akshay Dutt. So Ashwini landed up in Bombay. I had my job, we were staying together and uh, you know we we went back to you know a sort of brainstorming process of okay what's the problem you know What, what 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 is it that we can fix right um and at the same time we understood very clearly that you know whatever it is that we want to fix we have to be uh interested in it enthusiastic about it passionate about it to actually be able to fix it and enjoy fixing it right uh so so our way of coming up with that you know idea was that you know look at our personalities and what we enjoy doing so we we both you know love cooking love eating love drinking ran a beer accessory business you know before that uh so so we knew that you know there's a, a great inclination towards fnb uh, or fnb consumer products right um and and even fitness so whether it was you know we were looking at options like you know meal planning uh you know meal delivery at that time wasn't very big the way it is today um so so we said okay you know healthy food delivered uh you know healthy uh, healthy condiments was another idea that we were exploring um so so while we were on this journey and like i told you ashwajit someone who is very well read on the internet right uh, so i think uh, his research and and you know kind of took him to coffee and uh, we were you know at that time we didn't realize it but he was a you know black coffee drinker who brew coffee in a french press and i was a person who you know sort of <laughs> whether it's instant coffee or vending machine coffee occasional milk based coffee at a cafe you know but i was never on the same page with him uh, when it came to coffee we were you know um but but he started researching coffee and then he was like okay there is you know it's an exciting space um and we would actually work out of the starbucks because you know uh, i would go to office he'd be at the starbucks and i'd take a lunch break and go and meet him at starbucks right um and and that's where you know we were like okay the 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 ccd near my office or the starbucks where i would go to visit him you'd you would average a bill of 250 rupees for a cup of coffee uh, you know of course you're also getting the work experience uh, but there was no comparison between you know uh, you know you spent i mean if you were to look at the other options available for in home consumption at that point in time very limited right so so i think uh, when we identified this um, you know we dropped all the other ideas that we were working on whether it was the meal planning or the you know and 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 trust me when i say we're working on uh for most of those other ideas we had logos we had uh, 
uh, started working on a supply chain. We, you know, uh, you know, we, we kind of put everything on the back burner and we started going deeper into coffee. And on that research, uh, you know, we came across cold brew coffee, right? Uh, and at that point in time, there wasn't a single company in India or a startup that was doing anything related to cold brew coffee. Uh, we'd identified that there were some, you know, young companies uh, that had already started buying coffee beans and roasting them and, and giving them to the Indian consumer. But we realized very early on that uh, that's a chore or or it requires effort. Yeah, you need a mocha pot or a French press. Absolutely. And that is something that we, you know, will not be uh, particularly, you know, it's not, not, not there for our lifestyle, right? Uh, uh, maybe, you know, at a, at a later age or uh, at a later point in time, I'd want to learn and get into that. But there's a large part of India that doesn't know. And that and educating the consumer about that would be extremely difficult. Right. And we didn't want to get down that path. Um, that's when Ashwajit shared the idea with Ajay as well and said, OK, you know, what's the coffee scene like in New York and in the US? And, um, you know, very easily and very quickly, Ajay validated that it is a space that is extremely exciting. Um, and that, that it's blowing up. And if things, you know, uh, if things were to move east, India will also be at the brink of an explosion when it comes to coffee. Uh, so that's when the three of us, you know, uh, took a one-way ticket to Chikmangalur uh, and, and actually started educating ourselves about uh, coffee. Ajay came down to India. Yes, yes. He was back in India by then. He was exploring options with other startups, uh, you know, in finance and, uh, you know, other areas. but. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he was fairly excited about this as well. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, for us, it was also an easy discussion in terms of uh, uh, Ashwit and I together were a disaster, proven disaster. So, so he said it would, be, it would be great to have, you know, uh, a third friend, confidant, uh, somebody who, you know, brings a different skill set to the table altogether uh, so that we don't repeat our mistake and, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think uh, it was it was a fairly easy decision to to make. If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to the show. So when you took that one-way ticket to Chikmangalur, like, did you quit your job and do that? I quit my job by then. So I remember uh, Ashwajit and I had actually come for a small trip to Calcutta in December uh, to announce to my parents that, you know, so Ajay had already quit, Ashwajit had already quit. I was the only one left to quit my job, right? So it was in December that I told my parents that, listen, uh, we have an idea, uh, you know, it's it's cold brew coffee, this is what it is. Uh, had a sort of mock, mock, you know, I wouldn't even call it a business plan. It was just a presentation. Uh, with you know what this is and at that time our idea was that we'll set up a a bicycle cart that uh, sells cold brew and we'll put it up in high street locations but but yeah at that time you know like i said uh, you know we are not uh, you know uh, we didn't have any background in fnb or fmcg or coffee for that matter right so so the idea to go to chikmangalur was to understand the supply chain of what would be our most important raw material right without which there is no uh, there was no business to be had, right? This was like the Alibaba phase. Absolutely. So we we ended up there. We we were, you know we acknowledged to ourselves and to the people we were meeting that we know nothing, and that we would like to learn, you know. And I think that that's very important because if you pretend to know it all, uh, it doesn't get you anywhere, right? 
सो वी वर क्लियर अबाउट द फैक्ट दैट यू नो हमें नहीं पता और हमें सीखना है राइट एंड 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 आर्म्ड विद दैट यू नो वी हैव वी मेड अ फ्यू वेरी वेरी इंटरेस्टिंग पीपल हु यू नो टुक आउट अ पेन एंड अ पेपर एंड दे ड्रू फॉर अस एवरी फैसेट ऑफ द कॉफी सप्लाई चेन एंड हाउ इट वर्क्स एंड सो ऑन एंड सो फॉर्थ whether or not we buy from them or not was secondary but they taught us right um and uh, of course you know most conversations which ended with we we need 5 kgs of coffee or 10 kgs of coffee were like you know uh, what's wrong with you guys you know why is that like this is too small a quantity for them yeah i mean it's it's you know yeah it is it's too small a quantity and what did you learn about how coffee supply chain works at that stage we weren't aware of coffee being a green color bean or let's say it even starts with a coffee cherry that is actually harvested and then there are certain processes to take it to the green coffee bean level from that it's roasted and each roast is different and then it's ground uh, and there are different you know gazillion different grind sizes and then how it's packed how it's stored uh, what time of the year you have to source it how you book your uh, thing how different coffees grown in different plantations could give you different tastes you know uh so so while we were parallelly researching on the internet it was amazing to hear it from the horse's mouth as well right um so so you know um so all of this we learned all of this you know um uh, at a more deeper level than just reading about it online and for cold brew what do you need like what kind of grind what kind of roast when we went to the supplier to announce to them that hame ye chahiye ab hame wo kaise pata ki hame ye chahiye right so we were actually uh, you know researching online and going on reddit and on reddit we actually found a lot of cold brew coffee communities and enthusiasts right that were actually distilling the tips of how to make the world's best cold brew right and we also wrote to a couple of startups uh, asking them for you know their opinion their thoughts and you know uh, uh, you know and we got we got that uh, information from them as well because people were very open to sharing right um, so for cold brew coffee you essentially need a 100% arabica coffee uh, that is coarse ground you know not fine not medium but coarse ground right um and uh that coffee is added to water in a certain ratio you can play around with that uh and then it has to be filtered uh, after you brewing after you brew it overnight and you don't use hot water with it you you do it through cold water like you use room temperature or cold water right so we knew understood that we needed great coffee what are the types here so there are two main types arabica and robusta arabica is a variety that is grown at a much higher altitude it is uh, it is more susceptible to pests which is why it's difficult to grow um it's it's considered more premium in quality and has a much better taste what do you mean better taste like less bitter or what yes arabica is less bitter and in arabica you usually get a you get you get uh, more notes of the origin of the coffee uh, compared to robusta right uh in fact robusta is much cheaper hence also considered inferior right um uh, and it's much easier to grow and therefore grown more um um so yeah so 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 it was 100% arabica is what we needed uh, you know it uh, it needed to be coarse ground uh, because a coarse ground coffee extracts slowly right and the whole purpose of cold brewing is to brew it slowly with cold water not quickly with hot water you needed very good water because coffee is ultimately 95% water right um uh so for us the 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 secret sauce there was uh, you know bislery and then you need to be able to filter the coffee grounds from the decoction and and that filter uh, you know could be done with stainless steel mesh it could be done with paper it could be done with uh, cloth uh, you know so there are multiple ways to do it so we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what is the best way to filter and we finally finalized on a on a uh, unbleached muslin cloth 
you know so we actually went to a fabric shop got the fabric got them to design it in this in the size and shape of our bucket uh you know uh and we started making multiple and this is after we came back from chikmangalur when we got our first you know couple of kgs of samples and uh, you know every time we encountered struggles or difficulties you'd go back to reddit or you'd send emails to the supportive uh, global community of entrepreneurs who are happy to share you know we managed to crack a recipe that we thought tasted great you know uh, uh, I, i don't think uh, you know there was anyone other than the three of us who said okay uh, does it taste good or not but we tasted enough to know that this is good and this is not right um and uh, you know with with that we uh, decided that you know we're ready to launch and this was like in your uh, bombay flat only that you were using by then we were back in delhi in dwarka in um uh, ashujit's fam- like they have a house in dwarka which was empty and we we used that as our uh, you know factory and office and where we were living as well right so all the experiments happened there and so you had like this big plastic buckets in which you were doing the brewing yes so so this was around uh, jan and feb and we'd given ourselves an artificial deadline that by 15th march we want to launch our business you know the more time we spend uh, we don't put deadlines to it we we want to be able to do it. and 15th march uh, jindal was having its its annual sports fest so we we managed to book ourselves a free stall to to set up a stall and serve coffee um so we said uh, you know by 15th we should have everything up and running so we got our branding our design our uh, sort of event cart uh which will be our station to you know make it um yeah uh, you know come hail come storm by on 15th march we were at uh, jindal uh, we set up a stall we had bought 1 liter glass bottles in which we filled this black liquid essentially so we went back and we made we were serving only three drinks for those three days so a standard black cold brew which we call the smooth black cold brew because it's very smooth uh an iced coffee which is a cold brew plus milk and a vietnamese coffee which is cold brew plus condensed milk just three drinks and these were sugar free i think typically cold brew is had without sugar right black is without sugar uh for uh, the iced coffee which is uh, cold brew plus milk we gave the option to add sugar syrup and for the third one uh, was uh, vietnamese coffee the sugar is in the condensed milk right and you were giving this free or you were selling you were selling it so it was uh, i think 150 170 200 the price points and uh, big glasses uh, branded glasses with you know plastic glasses with a sticker because you couldn't print uh, on glasses uh, so we you know we, we filled all the bottles of cold brew in dwarka we uh, bought a big ice box from neel kamal uh, you know we uh, uh, organized a barafala in sonipat to come everything that you know needed to to put this together and uh, yeah uh, you know i mean it was our university it was our friends it was uh, you know uh, and you know we 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 managed to sell enough of it and people actually enjoyed even the black cold brew you know uh, so so that gave us the validation that okay this is this is something you know and like this is exciting and uh, we can do it you know um, and i think one of the first ideas at that point in time would be what for us was let's do b2b you know let's take this 1 liter cold brew and go and give it to restaurants and add sleepy owl cold brew on their menus as a add on beverage right um so we 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 went and there were about uh, we had about three or four restaurants who adds, added us on um you know but but the first restaurant that added us on uh we were just one of the items on their extended uh, beverage menu and you know uh, 30 days which is the shelf life of the product went by and we'd sold 1 liter out of the 6 that we decided was the moq to give any restaurant you know and it it just didn't move you know and and 
this is early April where we said, listen, this is not, uh, this is not going to work, you know, uh, mid-April actually, right after March, uh, university event, within one month, you're like, this is not going to work uh, because it's too long drawn a process and no one will, you know, uh, get educated or learn about, you know, Sleepy Owl. Uh, there's no discovery happening. Um, and, uh, you know, we said we have to pivot. Uh, we can't do this. This is not going to work. We have to sell online and we have to sell it to the consumers directly who can buy from us and we'll deliver it to them. Um, but actually transporting and shipping glass and a one liter bottle of glass uh, was not possible. So we spoke to, you know, friends, family, looked at alternative packaging options and nothing seemed likely, you know, nothing seemed like doable. Um, but because we had, you know, let's say expertise importing from China and we were researching different possible packaging options, we came across this solution called a bag-in-box solution, right? So a bag-in-box is how usually wine is packaged in the US. It's one of the formats common for wine packaging where you have a plastic bag with a tap and uh, you put it in a box and you pull out the tap and you can dispense liquid. Um, so we said, oh, this is great, uh, you know. So we found a supplier in China, uh, ordered 1,000 1. 1.5 liter uh, uh, packets, found a box manufacturer in West Delhi who, who designed the box for us and, um, you know, uh, gave ourselves another artificial deadline. Ki by mid-June, we should launch this on our website. So between April, May and June, you know, <laughs> the China piece, the India piece, all of it was put together. And on 14th June 2016 was when our e-commerce website went live with one SKU, which was a 1.5 liter box, right? Um, and we did the same thing that we did the last time, which is simple black cold brew, you know, um, ready to drink black cold brew. And yeah, uh, we spammed everyone in the world that we knew. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we, we started, uh, got the ball rolling. Did you do, do the whole, like, you know, writing to newspapers, magazines? Not as much newspapers and magazines, but yeah, on, now it was a stage of online blogs and, you know, uh, discovery platforms like Little Black Book, So Delhi, so on and so forth, right? Um, and, um, you know, uh, uh, it, 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 it picked up and, uh, you know, we knew in our heads that if we can sell a thousand units, which is what we'd ordered, uh, you know, we, we are on to something, you know, um, and that, that sold pretty quickly. You were still doing this uh, at your home only, the, the manufacturing? Yes, absolutely, at home. So manufacturing, uh, packing, uh, you know, getting it ready for courier pickups. If courier partners uh, did not show up at the door, we would drive around uh, NCR delivering it ourselves. Hmm. Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, phenomenally uh, jugadu. You focused the launch on NCR. Because it's a 1.5 liter box, which essentially for Korea comes in the 2 kg bracket. It also requires not constant refrigeration, but if you're couriering it to any other city, it takes three to four days of being outside the fridge and the coffee gets sour. So we focused on Delhi NCR only. Um, and we were doing it by courier, uh, even within Delhi NCR. Um, but but within five months, uh, four months of doing this, uh, we said that, listen, uh, you know, uh, we have to hire a delivery boy on a bike uh, who can deliver it faster uh, and keep it fresher. And courier is not the way. And if we are hiring a delivery boy and one person for production, right, to do the production side of it, uh, if you have these two employees, uh, we have to move out of the house. We can't continue in the house. And we were in Dwarka, which is not very centrally located. Um, so, so two of the restaurants that we were supplying to were actually in a place called Shapurjat in Delhi. Um, so because we would go there to deliver to them ourselves, uh, 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 we discovered the neighborhood. 
and we actually took up our first office space there in Chapurjat. And uh, you know, uh, as 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 crazy it is as it is, five years on today. Uh, we are still uh, in a different location in Shapurja where our office is. Uh, so while Ashrit and Ajay were living in Dwarka for a significant period of time, I actually moved to the building beside uh, our office because there was no other way to, you know, I uh, couldn't do a two-hour commute. Yeah. Uh, and, and and by then our roles were defined, you know. So it was uh, Ajay is looking at finance and investor relations and team building and strategy. You started doing fundraise around that time? Uh, no, uh, we just divided our roles, you know. That that anything finance, business development, uh, team building, investor relations will be Ajay. Um, anything photography, website, e-commerce, uh, uh, design, social media is Ashujit. And supply chain, operations, packaging, warehousing will all be me. So that's how we sort of divided our roles. And, uh, uh, you know, the three of us, uh, along with these two employees, uh, we kick-started. The next couple of hires uh, were riders. As the business grew, uh, we had to go from one rider to two to three. Um, uh, and, you know, that realization also, you know, uh, uh, was more like uh, suddenly, you know, orders started picking up and I would uh, start delivering them myself to maintain our delivery tat. Uh, after you know, Ajay saw me doing it for two or three days and he's like, listen, uh, this is not the way to do business because if you you deliver, you know, your time is more valuable than, let's say, the riders for delivery, right? Like, I mean, that that's what they do. This is what you do. Uh, so he's like, uh, you know, he set a rule saying that Arman will not deliver. You know, you, and now I had to figure out, you know, how to hire the next one or two riders to make sure that, you know, the team is built and we continue to optimize for that. Which month did you move to Shapurjat? So June, July, we launched. Uh, I think uh, October, November, we moved to Shapurjat. Uh, March, which is the next summer. So we had a terrible winter. December, Jan, Feb was terrible. Uh, so in by by February, March, we started uh, Instagram and Facebook advertising, right? So we started spending money on, on acquisition. And uh, that's what, uh, you know, it helped, it helped us take off a little bit. And that's when March was when I suddenly was like, you know, okay, we need riders. We need, you know, a team to fulfill this. How much were you doing monthly like by that time? One, 1.5, two, you know, so, 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 so the launch month, June, July, August was uh, upwards of two. And then uh, September, October, November, December, Jan, Feb was like bordering between one and two. Uh, by, by March, we were, you know, uh, uh, up to like three, four. And, uh, you know, in December, we'd actually met a investment banker uh, uh, who, who we said, listen, can you take our mandate and, uh, you know, pitch Sleepy Owl to investors. And he's like, yeah, you guys are at one lakh per month. I can't pitch you to anybody, you know. Uh, he said, I, and he gave us an arbitrary number. He said, up, you reach 10 per month and I'll take your mandate and introduce you to investors. Uh, so we said, okay, uh, you know, uh, we have to do 10 and we have to do 10 by June 17. So March, April, May, June, uh, we were very, very, very aggressive and uh, we were at 10 on June 17. Just within Delhi NCR. We activated a few retail stores, which is, uh, you know, some... We, we see the good thing is we had online data, right? We knew where our customers in Delhi were. Um, so armed with that data, we said, okay, Hoskars, Defense Colony, uh, uh, you know, Galleria, uh, Gurgaon, you know, so on and so forth. So instead of going, uh, we went to the modern bazaars of the world, but it wasn't very easy, you know, to, to go, go into a modern bazaar, etc. Uh, so we first targeted independent stores. So we managed to actually list our product in about 30 to 40 single single shop stores, you know, um, uh, and sales uh, was done ourselves. So Ajay and I took the responsibility for offline sales 
Ashuji took the responsibility for online sales. And uh, offline was categorized as uh, modern trade, general trade stores and restaurants and cafes because our restaurant cafe, as much as we thought it won't work, uh, it picked up as well. Uh, you know, so, so we were effectively omni-channel. So that number 10 I'm talking about was a mix of online, retail, B2B, you know, all three together. Which had the lion's share in this? Online, online, online. And yeah, so, so you know, we went back to uh, this, this gentleman and uh, he said, yeah, I'll take your mandate. And he started introducing us to a lot of folks. Uh, we were also fortunate that in between 16, 17, between June to June, we had a lot of inbound interest from investors as well. Uh, uh, because, you know, uh, it was a very, very new category. The brand uh, presented itself uh, well, uh, uh, you know, to the world. Um, and the product was, you know, delicious. And I, I, I am not, uh, I, I don't say that with any arrogance. I say that with pride because it was very tasty. You know, it was something we, we developed that was tasty and people liked it. Um, so, so you know, uh, naturally word got around, right? Um, and this is something Ashwadeet had always told me. He said, Arman, coffee is something that if people uh, like it, uh, it is, you will, you will really talk about it to your peers, friend circle, group, you know. So he's like, it, it'll market itself. Yeah, it's something people are passionate about. So yeah, uh, we started by, by, I think, June, July, we started our fundraising uh, process and meeting people. Um, and we actually closed our first round of funding from DSG Consumer Partners um, um, uh, in a, you know around February 18. It was a good six-month process where we had to maintain those numbers, continue to grow, uh, you know, continue to perform. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, uh, I think we, we, uh, decided on, you know, DSG, uh, uh, you know, uh, led by Deepak Shadarpuri. DSG, of course, is like renowned for D2C sector. Absolutely. D2C, food and beverage, especially, uh, you know, and, and they backed, uh, raw pressery, Epigamia, Viba, Sula. Um, and for us, it was a no brainer to, you know, sort of welcome them into the Sleepy Owl family. And, uh, you know, I think it was one of the better decisions we made because they've been, uh, fantastic partners for the last, uh, you know, three and a half, four years um, and had our back and continue to do so. How much did you raise like that first raise in Feb 18? Three and a half crores. So that capital was not meant only to uh, scale our existing product, right? You know, so we had grand plans. We had grand ideas. Uh, we, we wanted to get into the ready to drink space, right? Which was dominated by Nestle and uh, let's say Starbucks, right? On the retail shelf. Uh, so that was where we wanted to go. So the funding was not to only scale our current business. It was also to invest in, you know, uh, the brand introducing its ready to drink offerings and, you know, whatever else that uh, the three of us could dream about. Right. Um, and, um, uh, you know, so the moment the funding came, we started working on the development of the RTD ready to drink. So like a ready, ready to drink off the shelf product. So we were India's first and are probably even now one of India's only ready to drink cold brew coffees uh, on the retail shelf, right? And, uh, you know, it was a, it was a phenomenal experience uh, figuring out how to crack that product, uh, make sure it's preservative free, make sure it's low on sugar, make sure that cold brew is, is how it's made, not with, you know, powder or, uh, you know, uh, skim milk powder or coffee powder. It's made with real milk, real coffee, uh, low sugar, um, you know, and uh, in 2019, I think we launched uh, the ready to drink in the market. This is like in a bottle or in a Tetra pack? Or? It's in a bottle. It's in a glass bottle. Um, so we, we, we work with a co-packer, uh, you know, for the production of this. We didn't set up our own facility or plant for this. Um, but, uh, you know, 
uh, yeah, so that's kind of how we decided that that would be the next big category to do. Uh, simultaneously, uh, you know, our cold brew, which was only in NCR, uh, we had to find a way to scale it pan India and, uh, you know, reach out to new consumers. So we went back to fundamentals, which is what is a cold brew? It's great quality coffee that is filtered by adding cold water, right? So we actually took, uh, you know, coffee that was put in a, a, a big filter. So each filter bag, which is big, has about 45 to 50 grams of coffee. And a person adds half a liter of water, brews it overnight, and can make a cup anywhere, right? So essentially then, what we were selling was dry ground coffee. But our innovation was to put that ground coffee in a pre-packed filter bag, right? Um, we were India's first brand to do that. Uh, today, we have a lot more, you know, fellow brands that are doing the same product. Um, but for, from, and that launched before the ready to drink. Uh, so mid-18 to, you know, now it's been three years of that product. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we spent the last five years uh, educating consumers and our growth has been slow and steady. Uh, because this product and this category requires a lot of consumer education. What was the difference in price now for one is that when you were selling a one and a half liter? So we used to sell a one and a half liter uh, bag in box for 600. Uh, it used to make 10 cups. So each cup cost 60 rupees effectively, right? Uh, when we shifted to this product, uh, each uh, each sachet or each filter bag, or, uh, or we, we give it a name, which is trademarked called Brew Pack. Right, so each brew pack, uh, uh, you know, uh, makes three cups of coffee and is priced at hundred rupees. Um, so it's thirty rupees a cup, effectively. Uh, but it comes in a box of five, so you have to buy five hundred rupees worth and fifteen cups worth of coffee. But you can brew three cups at a time. Um, so yeah, so effectively the per cup cost went down to thirty bucks, right? Uh, and uh, it was easier to transport, easier to ship. So that's how we managed to open up a pan India audience, and also uh, you know managed to. Uh, list on other marketplaces, right? Uh, Amazon opened up, you know, Big Basket opened up, so on and so forth. Uh, for the for the other product, which was the bag in box, it had limited uh, sort of uh, scale that we could give to it. Yeah. Did you discontinue that then? No, no. It was available, but only in NCR. It is still available only in NCR. But it, it's taken a bit of a backseat, to be honest, because uh, it's not the most scalable. But uh, what, what I can tell you is that we still have hundreds of loyal customers who have been buying this uh, from 16, 17 till today uh, and and still only consume that, you know. Uh, so so that's, uh, I don't think we can ever discontinue it. It will lead to a lot of, lot of trouble. And and the bottle? The, the bottle, the, the bottle, uh, see, the bottle is 100 rupee MRP. Uh, it's a 200 ml uh, ready to drink uh, cold brew, cold coffee. Um it's it this product was primarily meant for modern trade and general trade right uh, so it was meant to be a product that is available on the retail shelf so so till pre pandemic till pandemic we didn't sell it online it was only available in stores and pan india no 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 only delhi ncr um, and then we the second city we expanded to was mumbai um, yeah so you know to to go on, to explain a bit of the business side of this right <laughs> listing products and uh, in modern trade and general trade uh, whether it's one city or pan india is not uh, is no easy feat right it takes a lot of time and effort to identify what is the kind of store where this product will find its customer right because aapko shelf pe lagana bahut aasan hai shelf se uthana bahut mushkil hai right uh, so you can't actually take any product and say i will you know do it pan india because you have to build your market right so in ncr first we did the 
50, 100 odd stores where we were already there, right? Uh, then we gradually expanded to 200, 300, 400. Today, we are in 1,000 plus stores. But it's been very slowly, you know, uh, you identify, you learn, you grow, right? Uh, because the 80-20 rule will always apply. 80% of your business will come from 20% of your stores. The others are just there. You know, it's there, good to, good to be there. Um, so we identified Bombay as the second city where we want to uh, go. And we set up a team and we expanded in retail stores in Bombay. It is only now, uh, after three years, that we are expanding to other cities. Uh, because, you know, uh, it, it takes a lot of capital to build teams and uh, build distributors and uh, get product placed and moved, right? The challenge is always the moving part. No no business or no brand wants to deal with returns or expiries, right? So, so if I want, in the next 30 days, we can be available pan-India in 10,000 stores, right? But... Imagine uh, someone in Kerala walks into a store and sees the product but has never heard of it before or, you know, doesn't have an understanding of what it is or there's no, or the, or the, or the store owner has no relationship with me and my sales officers, right? That product will not succeed, right? So it has to be something that is done slowly and steadily and strategically. Mm-hmm. You need to first build demand through marketing and maybe social media marketing and stuff like that. And then... Yeah, even on-ground promotions, uh, you know, have promoters, have uh, uh, incentives. Yes, wet sampling, dry sampling, you know, so on and so forth. And it is a long-drawn procedure. Uh, but yeah, once the pandemic, uh, you know, came upon us, uh, we started selling the ready-to-drink glass bottles online. And we developed a special packaging for it uh, that, you know, does results in no breakage. And uh, yeah, it's doing well online as well. 2020, uh, what uh, what kind of turnover were you doing like pre-pandemic, like say around Feb, March, uh, like that year, that financial year, 1920, how much did you close at? At that time, it was around the 8 to 9 CR mark. And what was the split in terms of offline, online restaurants? Uh, I think at that time, it was about 60% uh, online, 30% uh, offline and 10% B2B, you know, gifting, restaurants, Horeca, all of that was a small part. Um, but, but you know, there's another product that we did uh, around uh, uh, December 2019. It was a hot brew coffee. To kind of fill up the winter months because winter, your demand would have otherwise fallen. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and it was our customers also who who said, listen, you cold brew, but we enjoy hot coffee and, you know, Sleepy Owl doesn't do a hot coffee in its traditional sense, right? Um, so we launched, uh, you know, uh, for us, our, our biggest USP and differentiator is convenience, right? Uh, we make drinking great coffee convenient without equipment uh, in an easy to consume format, right? So we knew that if we do hot coffee, we have to do it in a way that uh, is convenient for the customer as well. So we actually took coffee and put it in a tea bag, uh, you know, where a customer can add add a, add a coffee bag to their glass, add hot water and dip it, right? Um, uh, you know, when we decided to do this, there was a big question as to, yeah, no one's ever done this. Maybe it's not possible, right? Otherwise, it's so simple. Why not, you know? Yeah, why not? Exactly. When tea is done like that, then why not coffee? Yeah, so so we were India's first brand and or maybe the, one of the first brands in Asia to sort of do this sort of a solution. But why doesn't everyone do it? Like, like that's a fairly obvious question to us. It's not very easy to do because a traditional tea bag usually fills about two to three grams of tea. We put about 10 grams of coffee in the bag, right? Uh, so so to, to do that, you need to, you know, optimize your machinery, understand all of that. So it, it wasn't an easy, it, it was easy idea. But it wasn't easy to execute, you know. It was really tough to execute. Um, but once executed, it felt like a no-brainer, right? Uh, so that product now is more than 50% of our business. 
Wow. That's again 100 rupees for a... No, that's... No, no, no. That's 30 rupees a sachet. Yeah, that's a flat 30 rupees per cup. If you want to have it with milk or something, then like you boil milk and water together and then leave it in there. No, you have to brew it in water and then you can add milk over it. And how much time does it take, the brewing process? Uh, about uh, four to five minutes. But again, it depends on, you know, customer to customer. You can keep it longer. So when uh, the lockdown hit you, then h- how did you respond to that? And what happened to the sales after that? When the lockdown hit us, first we were obviously, you know, like everybody else, uh, unsure, skeptical, taken aback, uh, uh, you know. But but being, uh, you know, in F&B, right? And uh, our product being categorized as a necessity, let's say. You know, uh, not, nothing changed, you know. In fact, we were geared up to do more, do better, um, you know. And uh, when all the cafes around us shut down, uh, people resorted to uh, buying their coffee, tea, everything online. So we actually witnessed a surge in demand and we had to scramble together to cater to that surge. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we were playing catch up. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, you know, all the effort of the three years prior to the pandemic came to life, came together and uh, Sleepy Owl became the go-to coffee for home consumption. Oh yeah, that that whole trend of work from home uh, would have really benefited you because uh, now you don't have like a coffee dispenser in your office. So, so you need products like this. And uh, so w- what is your, uh, this year's uh, turnover going to be? It's undisclosed, but I think we're trying to do, uh, you know, upwards of uh, 30 CR. Well, so you like 3x? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, uh, I think it's, it's uh, shaping up to maybe even turn out better than that. And uh, what is the split now? Like how much comes from online? How much from offline? And Now it's a 50-50. Yeah. And we, we refer to online as a mix of marketplaces plus online and offline as offline retail plus B2B Horeca. And how much is cold brew and how much is hot between the product lines? Like, And how much is ready to drink? So ready to drink gets categorized as cold brew for us. So uh, it's again uh, about 55-45. Hot brew is 55-45 is the rest. And so what is your headcount like now and how do you manufacture? Like, is it still like one central office within which you have manufacturing also? No, no. So so we are 130 people in the organization. Uh, this is this pans across manufacturing, uh, you know, uh, operations, delivery staff, uh, core team, admin, op- everyone included. Um, our manufacturing unit is in Okla, where we manufacture uh, all of the products except the ready to drink. Uh, and our office is in Shapurjat itself. How did you figure out setting up a plant, so to say? Because, I mean, none of you have that experience. Uh, on a serious note, like, yeah, I mean, it involved a lot of, uh, you know, uh, uh, so, so you know, to be honest, by, by now, right, uh, and with investors like DSG, with uh, other people in the, in the ecosystem around us, uh, m- most things are now a phone call away, right? So, so if you if you if you want to do something and you encounter a roadblock, you can pick up the phone and get an answer or a, or a workaround, right? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it it helps us cut a few steps that way. But uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of things through research, you know. Uh, we also have uh, you know a professional QA QC, a professional production manager, a professional uh, fulfillment manager, and all of this sort of helps us now. You know, I mean, they come with their own knowledge and expertise, etc. As well, right? Tell me about that whole manufacturing setup. Like, how did you decide that this is going to be our uh, process and this, these are the machines we need? And how did you build that whole thing up? So, so I mean, it's, it's all happened, you know, gradually, right? Like, it's not key overnight we have everything. So, when we launched our cold brew, we had a machine for the cold brew, right? Uh, uh, we set up a process to, 
to sort of uh, you know process flow around uh, you know from coffee to uh, packaging material to uh, raw material how it comes together how it's packaged where the finished goods are stored uh, when we launched the hot brew it was a separate machine that requires to pack that product um, for the rtd ready to drink it's mostly a warehousing you know aspect where we we pick it up from the co-packer warehouse it and we you know uh, sell it right so um, so yeah i mean it's not it's not uh, you know it's a fairly simple supply chain not uh, not uh, rocket science uh, uh, to develop and i think over the last 5 years we've also learned you know uh, uh, how to go about structuring and executing it and uh, you know there are still gaps that need to be filled and uh, you know we're work- continuously working towards it and improving it um, but uh, uh, you know we 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 uh, improved our team let's say because you know uh, let's say two year two and a half years ago there was one person responsible for uh, production and dispatch right today we've learned that you need to have a separate person who's responsible for production a separate person who's responsible for dispatch so those are the things that we've learned as you scale right um, at a small scale it was okay for one person to do both things but as the scale has grown they're two very different functions so this is something we didn't know right uh, we we figured it out during our interview process for candidates right so candidates themselves tell you ki you know okay we this is what we do this is what i don't do you know this is what this person does so you get to learn about how other organizations are structured during you know. so we pay a lot of emphasis to you know hiring and interviewing because we learn a lot from that process as well and uh, so you raised that first 500k uh, way back in 18 so since then have you raised more fund so uh, yeah, right before the pandemic we raised an undisclosed round from uh, rukum capital um um and rukum capital joined us on the journey at that point in time um and uh, last two years you know during the pandemic they've been a part of our journey and uh, uh this year uh, you know uh, as of last week uh, rukum capital dsg and a few other investors have uh, you know helped us close our series a round of 6 and 1/2 million dollars which is our biggest round to date and uh, uh, we're excited to you know uh you know use this wisely to accelerate our growth and uh, you know uh, become more of a household name in the country what do you see as your product portfolio going forward like say by 2025 what do you see as the you know where do you see sleepy owl ah uh, by by 2025 which is another 3 years right um so so we you know uh, today we are considered a, a mass premium brand right Uh, or let's say even premium uh, because uh, we don't have the traditional uh, coffee in our portfolio right uh, but but we we plan to stick to our ethos of convenience and create coffee products that are extremely convenient um, and therefore you know we'll be we are uh, very soon uh, doing our version of a premium instant coffee uh, we're doing our version of a plant based ready to drink coffee uh, with oat milk and almond milk uh, uh so on and so forth right uh, we intend to be at the forefront of coffee innovation in the country uh we want to be the brand that is uh, you know uh, taking bold risks when it comes to introducing uh, products and at the same time doing traditional products uh, but giving it the sleepy owl twist the sleepy owl taste the sleepy owl charm uh, the sleepy owl you know uh, feel to it how big is the coffee market in india and how big do you see sleepy owl getting you know those numbers we, we don't usually look at those numbers as metrics to track uh, because the coffee market is quite fragmented uh, in terms of there's a cafe market there's a vending machine market there's a, a retail market there's a, you know uh, and 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 we've created a category you know so we've created a new market uh, 
So if you were to ask five years back for a market research, no one would have anticipated something like this, right? So, so I don't feel like, you know, any of those uh, million or billion numbers, uh, you know, uh, uh, really, uh, uh, we pay too much attention to it. Um, how big can Sleepy Owl get? Uh, you know, sky is the limit. Uh, you know, I think Akshay, uh, 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 we are uh, very, very bullish to, uh, you know, uh, uh, in the next 18 months, uh, be a 100 crore brand uh, in revenue. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, if we if we manage to do that uh, sustainably and profitably, I think, uh, you know, we will not shy away from going for the two, three, five hundred crore mark either, uh, you know. Uh, and I guess once you're at that stage, then, uh, you know, it can go on onwards and onwards because the market is going to continuously expand in the next, uh, you know, five, ten years, right? Uh, we're very, very, very early even now, right? In the inflection point for coffee. Um, so, so yeah, we're not, uh, you know, uh, uh, we're not holding ourselves to a number, uh, you know, uh, we're just focused on uh, uh, building a solid experience for our customers with our products and taking it from there. And do you see yourself getting into vending machine and all, like those kind of markets? I, you know, I, I believe that if we, if we as a company exist, uh, maybe 10 years down the line, uh, there'll be a lot of things that we will be doing, you know. Uh, uh, but but I think everything has its time and place and uh, we need to we need to be focused on, you know, one thing at a time because otherwise uh, otherwise nothing will succeed, right? Um, so I think uh, uh, right now our focus is to be in, uh, you know, direct-to-consumer and FMCG. Uh, first, direct-to-consumer, second, FMCG. Uh, be, be, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, have have good market share uh, uh, in these categories. Continue to be innovative in our approach to to the to the category, um, and and yeah, from there on, like you know, uh, uh, when the right time and the right opportunity arises, uh, uh, you know, we will look at that as well. Uh, it doesn't make sense to you know, uh, uh, you know, we don't believe in doing the same thing that someone else is doing and putting your logo on it, right? Uh, that that's not uh, that that's not uh, uh, the the right way. Uh, if we were to do vending machines, it will be something that uh, you know even we haven't seen before. Uh, you know, it has to it has to be special. It has to be something unique, something that really makes a difference. So, uh, tell me about uh, your customer acquisition strategy for the online business. Like, is is it largely driven through campaigns on social media, or like you know? Because I guess for a D two C brand, that's what really makes it unique. You know how they build their audience online, and I mean D two C brands are like digital native brands. So, tell me about that whole digital strategy and building an audience online. Goes without saying, Akshay. We 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 you know uh, uh, for us Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, right? Are significant customer acquisition channels, right? Uh, we spend, uh, we have a you know uh, in-house team. We also work with agencies, also work with freelancers uh, who handle the performance marketing piece for us. Our social media and creative team is in-house, uh, uh, you know, led by my co-founder Ashujit. Um, we we he's been uh, you know at the forefront of what the brand should look and feel like and how we should communicate, um, and. Uh, uh, the performance marketing piece, it's varied over the years, right? Uh, you know, at some point it was in-house, then outsourced, then freelancer. So we keep trying different things. Um, um, but but yeah, like, you know, a significant chunk of money is spent on these channels to acquire customers. Do you spend more on uh, performance marketing or on building content? Uh, on performance marketing. Uh, I mean, that's how it is, you know, because for building content, we do it in-house. Uh, so we can churn out a lot of content, uh, uh, you know, 
um, um, and uh, and performance marketing is is it's a function of your revenue, right? Also, uh, you know, but but it has to be closely worked on and optimized and 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 you know uh, improved. Um, and we spend a lot of like you know time and energy refining that because that's the core. But uh, we also keep a very close eye on our retention metrics, right? Uh, while we're acquiring new customers, uh, there a lot is done to retain existing customers and, and and give them delightful experiences to bring them back, right? Um, because you cannot uh, mindlessly keep acquiring customers. Uh, you have to be equally focused on retaining customers. And as a brand, uh, we're uh, you know privileged and lucky to have a sort of natural retention because people enjoy the product, right? Uh, but there are people who forget or who drop off or, you know, uh, who need to be brought back into the funnel. So uh, uh, we do a lot of email marketing activities uh, around that and, you know, a lot of other small little things that, that uh, uh, you know, help us, uh, you know, uh, be sticky for our consumers, right? Uh, we also uh, keep, a, keep a keen eye towards increasing our average order value uh, or our ticket size for purchases, right? And that is something that we keep optimizing for. Um, so, yeah, that's broadly how our digital works. So this, what you're talking about, retention, average order value would be your own site, right? Yeah, yeah. This is this is only our own site. How much of your online revenues from your own site and how much from marketplaces? About 60%, 65% is from our website and 30% is from marketplaces, yeah. Because we were, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 was our website only, right? It is only like in the last two years where marketplaces have sort of, again, blown up, you know, or, and, or we were, you could also say we were late to the marketplace game. But the advantage is that, you know, selling from your own website, we built a stronger brand, right? So yeah, there, there are pros and cons to both. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in, that is T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-M dot I-N for a complete list of all our shows.